after his own heart and is coming to speak to us yeah, as a father to his children. And I know that you and I, we are going to be greatly blessed this morning. All our lives, guys, it's time to be blessed by the word of God. I want us to rise on our feet. I want us to celebrate Jesus, celebrate the father that God has given to us as he comes to speak to us in the presence of Reverend John Joseph. Please put your hands together for our father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special day we celebrate, fathers. Fatherhood begins with you. We derive the title of every father from your title of fatherhood. It is a privilege and a honor to share in your title. We do not take it for granted. So, Heavenly Father, we've come on this Father's Day to learn how to fulfill our purpose as fathers. No man can teach it better than you. So, dear Father, I ask, come and teach us. Teach us. Teach us. Write your word in our heart afresh. Precious Holy Spirit, make the revelation of this word known to our hearts. Grant access, grant me access to the heart of your people. This is a very crucial subject. Holy Spirit, teach it in the language we shall understand. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hand together for the Lord. I said for the Lord, not for me. Wonderful. You may please be seated. I want to congratulate all fathers online, in this place, everywhere. I want you all to know that today is a special day. Amen. What a man can do. A woman can do better. Can do better. Is that what they said? Are they still saying that? No, if they are still saying that, it's very simple. We'll call them to come and do their own. Any woman that can do that. And can still stand after. <laughs> we will believe that that story is true. <laughs> See, you see, they are gentle now. <laughs> Without do, there cannot be a doer. Do lays the foundation for a doer. So, can we put our head together for all our men? <laughs> but I want to also specially appreciate our women. If you look at the back of the church, you see a glittering digital clock. Those are the things, uh, that's one of the gifts that the women donated on Mother's Day. So each time you look, remember the women. They are the spices that make life beautiful. Put your head together for all the women too. Praise God. Okay. 
the wise man. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth this saying of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth this saying of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. So there are two types of builder, two types of father, the one who builds on the sand and the one who builds upon the rock. The wise man, the Bible says, takes his time to build his family, to build his home, to build his um house upon the rock today what i want to focus on is how to build wisely how to build your as a wise man as a man as a father uh, how to build wisely which is what what it is what is required of you how to go about building your home your house your family upon the rock say with me i will build upon the rock i'm a wise man Say with me, I'm a wise man and I will build upon the rock. First and foremost, let's understand fatherhood. And I will just summarize it in general. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, 6. For this reason, seeing the greatness of the plan by which, I, by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father from whom all father who takes his title and derives its name. I want you to know, regardless of the word, what the world might have made of the title or the name of a father, the title of a father is one of the most reverential names on earth. That should not be trivialized. The title of a father is so special because is the highest name of God that Jesus came to reveal to us. John chapter 17. John chapter 5, verse 17 says, But Jesus answered them, My father walketh either to, and I also walk. Verse 18 then says, Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. The title of a father, or the name father, or this fatherhood, is the highest revelation. In fact, Jesus came to reveal God to us as a father. So in Luke chapter 11, he said, when you pray, before then, whenever you want to pray, they will call him, I am that I am. They will call him, um, they call him the lily of the valley. They call him, they call him different name. But Jesus said, when you want to pray, don't say my God, don't say, uh, uh, I am that I am. Say, our Father, which art in heaven. So, the fatherhood, or the title of the Father, is the most reverential name of God 
that is shared with man. That is why we should never take that title for granted. Those of you who are men today, young men who have not grown into becoming literal fathers, I want you to know that the day you are called a father, you have a title that you share with God. Because there are no two titles of a father. A father is a father. So we call God father and we call man father. It should not be trivialized. In fact, in the book of John chapter 17, Jesus did not hide this fact. Verse 24 of John chapter 17. Look at what Jesus said. Father, I will that the also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name. And we declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Until Jesus came, nobody could call God a father. But Jesus then came that I want you to know that God is a father. Because Jesus existed as a son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So fatherhood exists in heaven. Fatherhood exists in heaven. Fatherhood did not begin on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So the will of God is that as we have fatherhood in heaven, so we should also have fatherhood on the earth. So whenever someone calls you daddy, father, it is something you should never trivialize because it is the same name that God Almighty is called. That is why there is great judgment that awaits every man that makes useless that title. Most men did not know that one of the reasons most men suffer today is because they took the name of God, which is the fatherhood name of God, to be called a father, and they made it useless. And when you make that name useless, when you don't know what it's called, it's like when, when we call I am that I am, and they are calling you I am that I am. When you don't represent God as a father, because in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. And if you check John chapter 1 verse 12, let's go to John chapter 1 verse 12 or verse 18. Amplified Bible, John 1 18. He said, no man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten, the only begotten son who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the father, he has declared him in the intimate presence of the father, in the intimate present, the bosom of the Father. So Jesus existed in the bosom of God, not as a small God, but as a son to a father. So as we have fatherhood relationship on earth, so there is also a fatherhood relationship in heaven. So you need to understand that. So fatherhood is a title, is a name that is derived from God 
shared and conferred upon man. So you see that is a responsibility. This is why today you see that the devil is attacking most men, especially when you become a father. It's no longer a small thing. When you are a hippie man, you are moving around, you are on your own, you are doing what well, life is easy. But the moment you become a father, literally, spiritual father, father in the ministry, father-in-law, father in sin, and there are different there are nine types of fathers. But I don't want to go into that. The day you become one of those fathers, and somebody begins to see you as a father, you have entered into another office in your life. Satan will fight you. Because he knows what, anytime they call you father, he knows that they are called. Satan does not just hear father. He does not see. He sees that he's so jealous because he sees you as sharing the same name with God. What does the implication of the fatherhood mean? There are three things that of the implication of the revelation of fatherhood. Number one is our identity. The moment you know that fatherhood is from God, God is a father, and all fathers derive their title from the Almighty God. It helps you us, the children, to there are three things that happens. Number one, our identity. You see, oftentimes when they ask you who you who we have, we say, I am John Joseph, I am Daniel Wesu, I am this. Most of us limit our identity to that of our earthly fathers. But the real thing is that our true identity is linked to the ultimate father. Because one day, your earthly father will leave a vacuum, may not be there for you. It may not be what you want him to be. It may not fulfill his role. So a lot of time today, most of us do not want to identify ourselves with our earthly father. The reason is that you think, and most of us have miscalculated and we have thought wrongly, the fatherhood begins with our earth and ends with our earthly father. So we thought that fatherhood is, the beginning of fatherhood is with our earthly father and it ends with our earthly father. No. So those of us today who our earthly father is no more, you can never be an orphan because there is an ultimate father who never dies. Those of us who have, who do not, maybe your father did not live up to expectation. You are, you, you don't even know your father. You don't know your earthly father. He's not there for you. You have a father. The, your earthly father is your secondary father. The first father you have is the almighty God. So there is no fatherless child in this world. None is fatherless. None is fatherless. The second thing it affects is your self-worth. What are you what I, I, I used to dream that I, I, I will mention the, the, the rich people in this world and ask, why are they not my father? You see, our self-worth is not tied to the identity of our earthly father. Because you see, some of us, maybe our father is a drunkard. He falls inside the gutter or inside the drainage. Maybe our father may be, evil, evil, may be inside the prison right now. Your father may even not have any earthly resemblance of glory that you can boast of. So because of that, you, you feel so bad that you are worth nothing. Let me say this to you. God knows that our earthly father may not always be worth what we want them to be worth. That is why he, he, the ultimate father, is always there for us. So you are not worthless because of your earthly father. You are worth everything valuable because you have an heavenly father. 
So when you when you have no earthly father that you can look up to, then you lift up your eyes onto the hills beyond your earthly father and look to the ultimate father and say, I am valuable, I am precious, I am not a waste. I'm a child of the heavenly father, I'm a child of God. I, you know, our true worth is determined by our I'm a billionaire, you know. I'm not poor, not because of my father, but because my own father, my heavenly father, the earth is his and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I am not poor. I cannot be poor. I don't know about you because I cannot be connected to the one who created the heaven and the earth and the poor. Are you poor? No. Come on, readjust yourself, people of God. Readjust yourself. I said, why did they do yanga now? Because you know who you are. You know who your father is. The tough thing is our security. You see, the moment you are aware that the almighty God is your heavenly father, you are guaranteed of your security. Our earthly father will not always be there for us. Our earthly father wished to be there, but would not always be there practically. But we have a father who does not sleep. We have a father who does not slumber. We have a father who is the, the best security in the world. He is our ultimate father. He watches over us. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He may get me to lie down in green pasture. He said, yea, do I walk to the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because what? My father is with me. God is with you. In this trying time, God is with you. Now your heavenly father is still with you. He's making way for you. He's supplying your needs. Lift up your hands and thank you, Daddy, for always being there for me. Hallelujah. Now, when we call someone a father, there are three major roles he has. The first role is that of a king, of a priest. His second role is that of a, of a prophet. And the third role is that of a king. So a father has a three role to play. A priest, he has the role of a prophet, and he has the role of a king. Now, at this junction, I would like to say this. There are reasons why the earthly father will not be there. Maybe you are a woman here today, you are playing the role of a father. You are not the first. In the Bible, in Numbers chapter 27, verse 1, the Bible talks about some girls. They were called the daughter of Zelophehad. In Numbers 27, verse 1, the Bible said, The name of the daughter of Zelophehad, the son of Ephah, and he mentioned them. Verse 2, he said, And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the prophet, before the princes and all the congregation, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, verse 3, Our father died in the wilderness. It was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord, in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sin. Verse 4, look at them. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he had no son. Give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. I have a word for every woman here today. Maybe you are a single mother. You are a single parent. You are, you, you, there is no father figure in the life of your child. You, your child does not even know his father. Or you have, you, the father is alive but does not look bad, does not care. Even, you may be married but you have an irresponsible man who does not take his position as a father. You, you, you may be married but you know the man is not standing up to his responsibility. And you are there. All you need to do is to step into the role of a father in the life of your child. Because these girls realize that they, they should 
should not have the excuse of being deprived of their inheritance because the man was not there. Moses was confused because he had never seen such a thing before. The girls are saying, we refuse to let our gender deprive us of our destiny. And Moses took the matter to God. And look at what God said in verse 5. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 8, and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, they shall, they shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. They rewrote history. There are women here who are rewriting history this morning. Never be discouraged because maybe you, you, as I'm talking about father, you wish, oh, how I wish my father, my daughter is there. How I wish my husband can hear this. How I wish, no, listen to me. No, you cannot do anything about the past. But right now when you hear this message, all you need to do is to know the role that should be played as a father. You can claim the inheritance and stand in the gap for your children. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Let's talk about the role of a priest. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, when a father is a priest, he represents his family to God in prayer and intercession. When the father as a priest represents his family to God in prayer and intercession. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 says, Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. Every man shall take a lamb. Every father shall take a lamb. Verse 7 then says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat. Verse 13, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, as a father, your first role is to be a priest to your family. It is the duty of a father to apply the blood on his, the doorpost of his own household. If you don't apply the blood, the evil will come into that family. As a father, we need to stand in the place of intercession to begin to apply the blood as the priest of our own house. You see, every father is the first priest of his own household. And your duty is to apply the blood of God in the place of prayer and intercession for your family. Fathers that don't pray are not fulfilling their duty as a father. You leave all the prayer for your pastor. No, that is not the case. You have, the Bible did not say Moses should go and apply the blood. They had Moses, they had Aaron. But the Bible said the fathers of each household, not Moses, not Aaron, should go to their own house and apply the blood on the doorpost. And when the evil sees the blood that the fathers have applied on the doorpost of their family, the Bible said the evil will jump and pass over the family. I see that evil passing over you. You see, do you know, it's, it's so amazing, the role of a priest that fathers and parents play in the life of their children, that Jesus never did any miracle for any child without getting the faith of, their, of one of the parents involved. 
Go and check throughout the Bible. Before Jesus did any miracle, for all the children that Jesus ever did any miracle for, it, it involved the faith of their parents. He never did a miracle for any child without the involvement of either both the parents or one of them. A typical example is Mark chapter 9 verse 21. And he asked his father, this boy has been, has been suffering from a disease. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a, of a, and he said the father replied, of a child. And the father explained how long it has been. Then verse 23 then says, Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Jesus did not tell the child to believe. He told the father, if you can believe for the healing of your child, all things are possible. And the father said, I believe. Then Jesus went ahead and healed that child. Listen to me, father. You can believe for your children's healing. You can believe for your children's deliverance. You can believe for your children's breakthrough. You see, the problem is that most of us wait until evil knocks before we begin to, before we begin to react. Place the blood before the evil knocks on their door. Place the door, be, place the blood on your doorpost. Begin to pray for your children. Have a schedule on a weekly basis. If it is not how long, but how often you do it, how consistent you do it. It may be 15 minutes, it may be 30 minutes, it may be 10 minutes, but do it consistently on a weekly basis. Mentioning your children in prayer. Pray for them before they ever think of getting married. Pray for them before they ever think of giving birth. Pray for them before they ever think of getting their first job. Pray for them. Apply the blood out, out ahead of their life so that when they get to that junction, instead of sowing, they will begin to reap from your prayer. Is somebody with me this morning? Now, let me say this. There is nowhere in the Bible the Bible ever said that the devil will not attempt to snatch your children. There is nowhere in the Bible the Bible ever said that your children, the devil will not attempt to attack your children. In fact, in the book of Psalm 16 verse 10, Jesus said of his own father, he said, For thou will not lead my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy only one to seek corruption. Even the Lord Jesus, death tried to snatch him. But you know, before Jesus died, he looked up and said, Father, into your hand I commit my soul, because I know that my father we apply the blood and if uh, jesus was dead but the faith of his father raised him up from the grave listen to me the devil can try to snatch your child and turn that child to a prostitute the devil can try to snatch your child and turn that boy to a reward boy but you can stand in the gap and say no devil god did not give me a prostitute as a child god did not give me a thief as a child god did not give me a conductor as a child the child that came out of my womb the child that came out of my Lord is going to be great. Parents, it is time we believe God and take back our children from hell. Take back your children from hell. Don't let the hell, don't let hell swallow your children. Hell will try. I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. If the devil prevail against a child, it's because the parents are not applying the blood. Let's wake up to our responsibility and tell that devil, you may come in like a flood, 
but by the spirit of God, I am resisting you in the life of your child. I am uh, in the life of my child, in the life of this boy. You are you are taking her, but I say no to you, devil. I'll take back my child from you. You see, David, God chose him because he was a specialist in taking back a lamp that the devil has taken. David, God said, I love this man. He will be a father over my children. Because you see, he said, the lion came and took my lamb, but I refused to let the lion go. David chased after the lion. He took the sheep back. Do you know what it means for a lion to lay hold of a sheep and not be able to eat it? Even the bear came and took one of the sheep of David. David went after the bear and said, no, every child that God has given me, I will not bury them. I will not lose them. These ones are God's children. They will not die before their time. David took back the sheep from the mouth of the lion, from the mouth of the bear. Maybe you are hearing or listening to me this morning. The lion has taken your child. The bear has attacked you. You can run after that lion and show that lion the kind of woman you are made up of, the kind of man you are made up of. You wake up in the hell of the morning and say, my child, you cannot have him because the devil roared about like a lion. But the spirit of God is a lion of the tribe of Judah. There is a lion that is stronger than every lion. And every lion has a master. Every lion has a master. Every lion has a master. It is time we fight. It's that we are a priest. I said we are a priest. I said we are a priest. We are a priest. We need to take them back. I said take them back. You see in this era of social media, social media is trying to take our children Internet is trying to take our children, teaching them how to be same sex, teaching them how to start sex early, teaching them that you can take them back. You can take them back. All you need to do is to stand in the gap as a priest for them. You see, I, I watched a video of a lady that was getting married. You know what touched me on that a video on, on her wedding day was that at what time they said now it is time for the couples to dance their first dance. So the girl came to, to the dancing floor and the, the husband was just in front of this girl and when they began to play the music the girl took the mic and said excuse me my darling husband I want to tell you something that you don't know about me he said, the reason why I can wear this gown the reason why I'm standing on this dancing floor is because of my mother I have no father that stood in the gap but my mother was there he said in case you don't know I began I, there was a period of my life I don't want to know the God of my mother anymore I began to go to a club I began to drink he said one day after sneaking out of the house I came back to the house around 1 a.m. through the window he said but as I entered I could hear the cry of my mother calling my name in the dark and say Lord wherever she is I bring back a soul Satan take your hands off my daughter he said that day I broke down in tears because I didn't know that my mother was not going to be sleeping I didn't know that whilst I was frolicking and dancing away my mother was on her knees praying so that was the day my life turned around today my mother is the one that presented me to you so he said please let me dance with my mother first she danced with her mother first. I pray that your own child will dance with you. I pray that your child will dance with you. Let's rise up as the priest in our home. God has called us to be a priest. The second role is that of a prophet. You represent God to your children. 
you represent God to your family. You see, if you, I want to talk to you as a father. You are the first God that your child will ever know before the Almighty God. A, a first child, your child will first call you Father before he called God Father. Your child will pray to you first before he prays to the Almighty God. You are the God that your child ever sees first and knows. So you must stand there and represent God to your children. Because if you don't represent them well, they will have a faulty image of God. This is why a lot of children grow up not wanting to associate themselves with God anymore. Because the first God they ever know, which was the first father of their life, was a faulty God in their life. How are you representing God when they look at you? There are three ways you can operate as a prophet. Two ways. I mean. Number one is to learn to discipline your children. Discipline and giving them instruction. Discipline, let me give you a quick scripture about discipline. Proverbs, and I'm going, Proverbs chapter 9, 13, verse 24 says, Those who spear the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children are enough to discipline them. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18 says, Discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise, you will ruin their lives. There's a time to discipline him. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 13 says, Don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment won't kill them. Discipline your children. Instruction, on the other hand, you must learn to give them instruction. Because you see, with that instruction, the child will not know what to do. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures of forevermore. You must show them the path of life. Don't just talk as an Igbo man or a Yoruba man or a Usa man or a Fulani man or a Bibu man or a Kwaibo man or a Kalaba man or a Kenuri man. But talk as a man who knows the word of God. That's why as a father you cannot afford not to be soaked in the word of God. You face your child and say, this is what God says. They said experience is the best teacher. So you are teaching your child from experience. But let me say, experience that is devoid of the word of God cannot teach well. You must add your experience in the context of the word of God to be able to give your children instruction. The third role of a father is that of a king. Is that of a king. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This is a true, a trustworthy saying, NLT. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. He must not be a heavy drinker or, a, a, or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, on, and not love money. Verse 4. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? You may want to ask, what does it do? What does this have to do with? A man. You see, you must realize that when this letter was being written, it was written to men who were leading in their houses. The church was being held in the homes of children, uh, of members. They don't have a building like this. So this letter was written to the fathers who, was, who were leading the church in their home. You see, when you look at the church, a church has three components. You have the pastor, which is the priest. You have the elders, which are the workers, assistant pastors. And you have the congregation. These are the three components of a church. The same thing happens in the house. You have the father, who is the priest, the wife, who is the assistant, the children, who are the congregation members. 
So you see, you must rule your own as a king. In fact, KJV says, a man who does not rule well his own household. To rule means to stand in the front. This is where you must know that to rule as a king, as a father, as a king, you must be able to lead by example. You, you don't teach by your words alone, but you teach by what they see. You want your children to pray, then you must learn to pray. You want your children to turn out well, then you know that you have to be the first example of turning out well in their life. You want your children to know how to survive, you must show them how to survive in that marriage, in that home. You must rule well your own household. Listen to me. Nobody can rule your home for you like you can do yourself. They can counsel you, but it's your responsibility to rule your home very well. It means stand as the head by giving direction. You must give direction for your family. Stand as an example. It means to stand between the family and the pressures of life. This is what God has called us to do. All right. Now, what happens if you fail as a father? This is where it gets interesting. Most of us think as fathers that we can escape by living carelessly. The moment you are called a father and you don't fight to fulfill your role, that you activate a curse. There's a curse that is activated. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their father, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. When you fail in your responsibility, the Bible said, God will smite with a curse. God will smite with his curse. There is no father that is called a father. Father in ministry, father of a church, father of a movement, spiritual father, father in law, whatever father you are called, uh, that God will not hold responsible if you don't fulfill your three roles very well. A curse awaits a man who fails in his duty as a father. And let me show you some of the curses. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 41. Thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. So in other words, a man that fails in his role will see his children, but he will not enjoy them. You will call them on the phone, they will not come. One day I saw an elderly woman, maybe she will be in her 90s, begging money along the road in Ikeja along somewhere. I said, where's our children? Where's our children? When we ought to be praying, we are busy carrying as we be all around the place. When we ought to save to, to pay for their school fees, we are busy praying for our own uh, association bills. When we ought to be there, we are busy drinking in those joints when you should be home spending time with your children. Where you ought to spend time to raise them. You are rather spending it with all your family. There is a time for business. There is a time for family. You have a responsibility over your children. If you take it for granted, because whatever you do for your children, God will hold you accountable because God is your own head. He's going to hold you accountable. You can't, he said, he will smite the earth to the cause. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt not be a priest to me. You will not be a priest over that household anymore. That's what the Bible says. 
Seeing that thou hast forgotten the Lord thy God, I will also forget your children. The second cause is the Bible says that you will forget your children. Because you are not, you are not raised them well. You will forget them. You are, you are carrying them from one prophet to the other. From one church to the other. But you are not doing the vigil. You are looking for fast, fast answer. There is no fast answer anywhere. You have to pay the price. It is your duty. See, those of you who are busy carrying your children from one prophet to the other, you are wasting your time. It is not the Moses was there, but Moses was not the one that applied the blood on their doorpost. It was the father of the house. No prophet can deliver your child the way your prayer can deliver your child. They can join their faith with yours, but it is your duty to apply the blood over your own household. So don't waste your time. Get to the job. They are your children. Get on your knees and pay the price. Are you with me, somebody? First Samuel chapter 3, verse 11. See the cost out, out. There are two people I want to show you that the cost was activated over their life. One was Eli. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the years of every man that yelled it shall tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. Verse 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever. For the iniquity which he knoweth, he knows about it. Because his sons made themselves vile. They were misbehaving. And he restrained them not. And do you know when that cause came? In one day, his children died. Two sons he had. The only two sons died. One of them, Phineas, had married. When, and his wife was pregnant. The day she heard that the husband died in battle, right? That day she went into labor too. She gave birth and she also died. Eli, when she, he heard the news, he fell backward and died. His generation was ruined. What was the sin? He failed to restrain me to control, to checkmate, to restrain me to bring to order. So some of us, our children go out and come in no account. You cannot tell them where they are. They are friends. Listen to me. Why are you giving your child a phone? Parents in this time, until your child enters university, that he have this common sense has developed. You are wasting, you are useless in the life of your child by giving him a phone. If I told you how to give that child a phone, give him what I call the tonobesis or the tonosophy of this world. The one that can be heavier than a stone. That maybe you just want to be able to call him. The one that the most beautiful thing about that phone is to, to, to use as a torchlight. It's as heavy, even the child will be afraid to bring it out self. Because of the weight of it. Because in this age and time, what the world is sending to them, they cannot handle it. They cannot handle it. My children uses my wife's iPad. One of them downloaded Aladdin. Aladdin was going to deem my children. You see, you see that Aladdin was, was, was showing them how to have sex. Aladdin was showing them how to remove that to hide under the, with a boy in the curtain. That is what they call cartoon. Imagine she didn't have full access. You gave a child a computer, you don't put parental control. Who will control it? Then the internet will control your children. The, 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 the parental control is so advanced that even on their phone, on their device, if I thought you had to give them a phone, you can enable parental control. So the phone, the phone will not be able to go to certain sites. And at a certain time, the phone can log out because of the app. So they will not be able to use the phone beyond a certain time. 
for you, you just give them a phone at liberty to do whatever they want to do. So at 12, you see the other child that the woman was saying, they raped my child, they raped my child, they raped my child. When they went to the, the child's Snapchat, the child was an erotic dancer. She was still seeing the child as an innocent child when the child said was teaching people how to that erotic dance. And will just come and wear nice clothes at home and so she's still innocent. my child, my child. When she saw the uh, account, she kept quiet. She was ashamed. May your own children not bring shame to you. Is somebody with me? Another man who experienced the curse was a man called Lot. Lot was associated with Abraham. You know why God called Abraham in case you don't know? The name Abraham means father. And God looked at him like, oh, you are a father. And God said, I will even change you to Abraham, which is father of multitude. And look at what the Bible, what qualified Abraham for the blessings of God. You know, God said of Abraham, he said to him, I think in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, he said, and the Lord said, I, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him they shall keep my way of they shall keep the way of the lord to do justice and judgment that the lord may bring upon abraham that which he had spoken of because abraham is a man that even though he's wealthy he has money he will not be too busy to train his children but the other man called lot he had this money it was so big that Abraham said, oh God, we need to separate from ourselves. So they separated. When, Abraham, when Lot did his own, Lot took his own family to a place called Sodom. But you know, eventually, eventually, what happened to Lot? By Genesis chapter 19, when Sodom was going to be destroyed, everything Lot labored for was gone. Lot led his family down to Sodom, but he could not bring them out of Sodom. You see, you can lead your children to Sodom, but you can't bring them out of Sodom. Some of us, that is why you are smoking in front of your children, right? You are humanizing in front of your children, right? You are having a shamanical affair in front of your children. You go to one drinking joint to the other, and your children are aware. You are leading them to Sodom. One day, you will wish you never did that. And you know something? The devil waits for the time you are old. When you cannot do the jama jama of this world anymore. When you cannot run around anymore, that is when it will strike. Because whatever a man sows, it will reap. If you see those children as children that belong to God, and you as their caretaker, there are some things you will never do in front of them. But you see parents watching all sorts of useless movie, not praying, not fasting. They will be sleeping at home when the children are even going to church, leaving their own children to Sodom. And you think that God will not hold you accountable. God said you will not enjoy those children. You will not enjoy them. Because you see, you see them as your children. You don't see yourself as a caretaker that will give accounts to God. So in Genesis 19, everything this man had labored for, the money that made him too busy to have time for his family, the business that he chased after for years, Fire destroyed all of them in one day. The only thing that came out with him 
were his two children. And even at that, those two children, when they saw that their father was the only man left in their life, what did they do? They, they gave him alcohol until he was drunk. The first daughter slept with her father until she was pregnant. Now I said, my sister, it's your turn. That one to slept with her father until she was pregnant. Genesis 19, you see it there. You know why? The parents did not teach their children how to pray when they are under pressure. Those of you who can fight with hands. Hey, Gaga. Even your own teeth is not secure in your old age. Mark it. Because everything you are sowing today, you are teaching the children of God how to live their life. And you say you want to have peace in your old age. God will hold you accountable. When Lot could no longer walk, the devil struck. I pray for you today. I pray for you today. In your old age, may you have peace of mind. In your old age, may you reap good benefits. But what are the blessings that await the fathers? Just as we have cause, we have blessings. The fathers who fight, the mothers who fight to do their role. What are the blessings that are with them? Let me give you the blessing. One blessing that awaits them. Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. I thought somebody would say amen. amen. Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Verse 3, thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by thy side, by the side of thy house. Thy children like olive plants around your table. Verse 4, behold, that thou shall the man be. Blessed, blessed that, blessed that fear the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. Thou shalt see good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Verses, yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace shall be upon you. This is the blessing that awaits the man, the woman that fights to be the priest, to be the prophet, and to be the king in his own house. I pray for you on this Father's Day that you will not fail in your duty as a father. We may be a woman, you may be a man. I pray for you today. That you will not fail in your duty as a priest, in your duty as a prophet, and in your duty as a king. Stand to your feet with me this morning. I think it is time to pray. Every one of us, this is a sober thing. I told my wife before I came, when I began to this is what I share with you is a message. It's, it's not a sermon. Because even me, I have to check my life over and over again by the word of God. Before I preach it, I fact, I began to reflect and change my ways. Because I realized that even me, I was falling short unconsciously. Because we think that we can do it and escape. Do it anyhow and go scot-free. But now knowing that God will hold us accountable, we make us do it with fear. Can we lift up our voices? Everywhere and talk to God. Lord, help me. Oh, lift your voice and pray for yourself as a father, as a mother. Lord, help me. Help me in any way I've been failing you. In my duty as a priest of my own house, I've not been applying the blood. In any way, I've not been applying the blood. In any way, I've not been instructing my children. I've not been disciplining them. I have spared the Lord. In any way, I've not been ruling by example. Ruling as a good king in my own house. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, have mercy. Lift your voice and talk to God. You can avoid the curse. You can avoid the judgment of God by praying for mercy. 
Can we lift up our voice as we pray for mercy today? Everywhere, let us lift up our voice. I want you to pray to God. Lord, I know I have neglected my priest office. In my role as a priest of my own house, I don't apply the blood. I know I have left my children. I don't apply the rod anymore. I don't discipline them. I don't instruct them in your way. I know I've not been a good example to my children. I've been living my life to please myself. I don't consider my children that I am the king of my own house or leading, ruling. I've not been ruling well. Lord, have mercy on me. Talk to God, somebody. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. We cannot fail in our parental duty. You cannot afford to fail as a father. You cannot afford to fail as a mother. You cannot afford to fail in your role. Talk to God.
Christ. In Jesus' precious name, I have prayed. Shout amen. All right. You can go ahead and effect that transfer. God bless you. you can effect that giving. God bless you. Now, before we take this other offering, I would like to pray for all the men. So if you're a man, before we take the second offering, all right, can you please stand? I want to pray for you. Keep plucking for them as they stand to their feet. Oh, please clap for the men. There are two groups. Those who are fathers, literally, and those who are potential fathers. To be a man is a responsible thing. You share the same identity with God. When they call you a father, they are calling you the same name they call God. So people must see God in your life, in our conduct, in everything we do. Let your light so shine before all men that they will see your good work. I'm going to pray for you. Even if you are not yet a father, but you one day you will be one, that you will not fail in your role. When you marry that woman, you have, you have exchanged the baton from our biological father. To be a husband is also to be a father. You are now the father of your wife. She must seize a father figure in your life. It's not just to sleep with a woman that makes you a man. It's to be able to stand in her life as a father. I know so many men today have forgotten that role. So they only call themselves husband. But let me say this to you. The day you marry a woman, you have become a father. Because a biological father has now handed out to you. The batting has changed hands. So as I pray for you today, the mercy of God is coming upon you. One of the things the devil does to attack a man is to attack the work of his hands. Is to give him wrong company. So the hand of the man is weakened to rule his own house. Because when they ask for soup money, he doesn't have soup money. He doesn't have this money. So one, the devil knows how to attack a man, to weaken his rulership. I will pray for you today. Every authority that the devil has taken away, God is restoring it. Amen. Now lift up your voice. Whatever you desire of the Lord as a man, on this day, I want you to talk to God and ask for it. Just pray. Ask God for whatever you want from the Lord. Whatever you, you desire of the Lord, just make your request known to God. Because I will be joining my faith with yours today. And you are going to experience a turnaround. You are going to be experiencing a turnaround. You are going to be experiencing a turnaround. Every challenges that are confronting your life, God is rising up on your occasion and is going to help you. Every area you are struggling with, my God is intervening on your behalf. Yes, talk to God. Those of us, I want, we are seated, women, I want you to also pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for all these men and the home they have come from. Use them as a point of contact to your own house too. Don't just let them be praying. Stand and pray for them. Stand and pray with them. They may be your brother, they may be your father, they may be your husband. But don't stop to pray for them. Don't stop to pray for them. So don't stop to pray for them. You think it is ordinary the challenges some of them are going through. The devil just wants to punish him. He knows if he doesn't rule well, God will hold him accountable. If he, he knows if he doesn't rule as a priest, if he doesn't rule as a king, if he doesn't stand as a prophet, the latter end of his life, he will suffer. So that's why the devil, some of the men have started the battle at the early stage of their life. 
Because the devil just wanted to suffer. But pray, your own man will not suffer. Even if it's your son, your son as a man will not suffer. God is giving them the wisdom to rule. Just pray. Let's look beyond and see tomorrow. Let's see tomorrow. Let's see tomorrow. Let's see beyond the present battles and the present challenges. And see beyond. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Now, Lord, you have placed me as a father over this church. I did not place myself there. Thank you for the privilege to be a father over your people, Lord. It is a privilege I do not take for granted. Now I stand over this commission as the father that you have placed me in this office to pray for these ones that they will not fail in their duty. Amen. A king needs the scepter to rule. Every man whose crown, whose scepter has been taken away, who can no longer rule well as a king today, may the crown of glory be restored to you. May the scepter of your authority now be restored back into your hand. In the name of Jesus. Any man, anyone who is not standing in his office as a prophet anymore, to instruct his children. You have lost the will and the grace to instruct you and discipline your children. Today, let that grace now be restored to you. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you, any one of you that have opened the door by refusing to apply the blood of Jesus on your doorpost. Now the enemy is having a field day in your life. By the mercy of God, I rebuke you, devil. Come out of that home in the name of Jesus. Even the lawful captive God set free. You are delivered from the captivity of the wicked that have invaded your life. In the name of Jesus. Now I join my faith with yours today. That whatever it is that is a burning heart desire. Whatever it is that you have asked of the Lord. Receive speedy answers in the name of Jesus. Receive speedy answers in the name of Jesus. Today is Father's Day. By this time next year, may you look back to today as a day of divine visitation. As a day that God turned things around for you. Practically, this will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Any man in debt, any man in financial crisis, anyone in sickness, anyone who is weak, today, receive your healing, Receive your deliverance. Receive your salvation. In the name of Jesus. Now receive the grace to pursue. To recover. And to take your place. So shall it be for you. In Jesus name we have prayed. Shout a louder amen. Put those hands together for the Lord. You may please be seated. Now before we close. I would like to then take our offering. So can we bring out our offering and our tithe? Now listen to me. When we give our offering, when we give our tithe, one of the things we are saying to God is that our money will worship God. Every time you want to give, there's a voice and there's a spirit that says, you are giving too much. But when you go to the market, you will not hear that voice. When you are paying house rent or school fees, you don't hear that voice. Every man must fight for his money to worship God. Because the, more you, the devil wants your money to serve every other thing but the living God. 
You must overcome that spirit of greed. That is why the Bible said that the love of money is the root of all evil. Because when your money is not worshipping God, then it's not a, a only money anymore. So as you give your tithe, if you've not been tithing as a man, every man should tithe. One of the benefits of tithing is that it will open the heavens over your family. And it will lead your children in the way of the Lord. If you can get your children to tithe, you have gotten them to be established in God. Because every time they tithe, they will always remember God. I'm training my children to tithe. I make it mandatory for them to save. And the first saving my son did, I said, your first fruits, you don't eat it. So you must give all to God. On Friday, I was here. My son was with me. And the little food my wife had prepared for us was not, he doesn't like bitter leaf soup because it was really bitter. So I told my son, I said, in life, you go through season. This food, because I wanted to go and buy bread and beans for him. But I said, no, let me teach him something. Because you see, you teach your children lessons, in, not even by, from the pulpit. So I told him, I said, this bitter leaf soup, I know you don't like it. You don't eat meat. But you see, there are times that you will see what you don't want. Instead of just saying you don't want, place your hand upon it. Give thanks to God and say, Father, I thank you for this food. Because it will not always be like this. Today, this is what I have. I give you thanks. I said, when you do that, you will see that God, even before we leave this office or tomorrow, your tomorrow will always be better when you accept whatever God gives to you with thanksgiving instead of complaining. So I told him, so the food is not enough, but tomorrow will be better. So let us eat it with thanksgiving and not complain. So he did it. And he was putting the thing as if, you know, he doesn't like it. Me too, I know. But you know, God honors a father that teaches his children lesson. Then Saturday, we went somewhere. Only for him to come and tell me that today is the best day of my life. In one day, he ate about five plates of food. I have forgotten. So as we are coming, because we went to a, 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 one of our in-laws birthday. So as I was coming, then the Lord reminded me the thing I told him yesterday. So I said, son, didn't I tell you that when you pray and thank God, that tomorrow will be better? Don't complain. He said, yes. have you not eaten more than enough today? He said, daddy, that is true. Yesterday was small. Today is more than. If I still, they even give him take away. And I realized that God honors us when we teach. Listen to me, children of God. Teach your children to tithe. Let, see, tighten ties their hearts to God. And you lead by, I lead the children, see, they know, my, I don't, my monthly tithes, I, when I pay it one month, I separate it for my honor, my offering. Then I'm telling you, if your children can tithe, their hearts will be glued to God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, because they cannot be tightened and not remember God. So that is, so tighten is not just for you. It's so that you can be a generational blessing to your family. Because most of us don't tithe anymore. It's not a good thing. You are living a cursed trail. They will not learn to honor God. They will not learn to give to God. There is no child that honors God that his heart will not stay with God. So monitor their finances. When somebody gives money to them, tell them, remove 100 naira out of that 1,000 and go and keep it. Before you save it, remove this, remove that. Just be teaching them. You start early so that in your, in your old age, you can have peace of mind. It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. Bring God your tithe and offering as we honor the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you really blessed today? Yeah, it's a Father's Day. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, we thank you for our offerings. 
we thank you for our tithe. We give to honor you, our Father. You said we should give that there can be meat in your house. We acknowledge that every money we have is not for our personal use alone, but it's for your glory. So as we give, may you be glorified with every substance we give today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Can we drop those offerings and give those tithes? Hallelujah. Amen. Let me welcome quickly Pastor Wisu as it comes to welcome our guests. God bless you.